0: you got to have fun with it.
1: Hello, this is Sue Freck and I'm your host of the Happy Marketer Connection podcast brought to you by Vesta. Each week, along with my guests, other fellow passionate marketers, We'll explore engaging and inventive marketing strategies and companies, and toast brands making impactful consumer connections. Please kick back, relax, and join our happy half hour of marketing inspiration and positivity and come away a happier and smarter marketer. This week's theme is relationships. I love when the theme is relevant to my own work or life, and this theme certainly is. So many people already know we moved with our family from New Jersey to Colorado last year, and I've met some of the most amazing people. People outside the the Boulder area are just super friendly. And I've met a woman named Amber. Amber Warlock has become a very close friend of mine now. She is a connector, a person who values and appreciates relationships. After months of trying, she connected me with today's guest, Dustin Finkel, the founder and CEO of Ancient Ingrained Snacks, the company who makes Kapop snacks. So without my relationship with Amber, I would not have met Dustin. I think you're going to hear not only Dustin's founder story, but also his shark, shark tank and QVC story. You'll also hear how relationships have helped him across his career, but particularly in these last couple of years when trying to grow his Kapop brand snacks company. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode because really during this crazy time period, we've often felt disconnected, but I know that this episode will be a reminder of how important relationships are, whether you're rekindling old ones, making new ones, but certainly having value in the relationships that you make. So let's dive in. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Happy Marketer Connection. I am so excited to have Dustin Finkel on my show today. Welcome, Dustin.
0: Thank you, Sue, for having me.
1: We are talking relationships. That is our theme today. Of course, we'll talk about a lot more, particularly your business. Um, but before we get started, I do start, I always start with an icebreaker. So my question is, you are a very motivated individual, CrossFit trainer, you work out every day, husband, family, man. Uh, running, founded and running a business, what motivates you? Like, are, is this your DNA? Is it your upbringing? I just, you know, I know you're you're wired wired uniquely. So let's just talk about that.
0: <laughs> that is such a great question. I, you know, I definitely have the drive to always do everything to my best of my ability. So people kind of joke that the eighty twenty principle. Like, I'm going to do. 80% and do it well. I joke, pick your 80% and do it at 120%. So <laughs> I love that. to go into I go nuts for. You know, honestly, I, I think I have a fear of failure. I mean, I, and I don't know maybe where that comes from, but I really love outperforming myself. I mean, I used to be that competitive guy driven by sports where you kind of measure yourself against, you know, your competition, other teams. Yeah. But as you get older, you realize it's not a zero-sum game, right? Everyone right. can win. So it's really measuring against myself. It's measuring against what my expectations are, uh, holding myself accountable, trying to hold other people accountable. And I really love just performing. And it's it's fun to go into things with passion because otherwise, what's the point?
1: Yeah, and it's gotta be fun working with you. I know, you know, I talk in my intro about Amber and how we connected and you, you're, you're working out with her. She's working out with you in the morning and you like motivating, but it's gotta be fun also being on your team, but I can't imagine everybody can keep up all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fun is a, uh, it's a good question for my team probably, but I, I will say throughout my career and I've, and as we talk about the entrepreneurship, I will talk a lot about how the relationships have humbled me and the experience has humbled me, but you know, I do hold people to their highest ability. I believe that they can live up to, and some people love that and some people don't, and it's definitely tiring. And I love people who are equally passionate I've been very fortunate that everyone on my team I call our unicorns. They are people who are just driven, passionate, engaged. We were up last night until 1 a.m. working on a business deal. My team was fully engaged, working there hard, everyone trying to make this happen, back at it again this morning at 7 a.m. And it's not like a we're putting, you, you have to do it, get it there. It's because we're all in this together to make it happen. And so I love that kind of passionate attitude. But, yeah, some people burn out. <laughs> <I would
1: say. laughs> so let's start at the beginning you know i know you've told your kapop story many times um let's do for my audience can you talk about the background what kapop is and how you got started
0: absolutely so kapop is an amazing flavorful snack brand and that's what it is first and foremost you know i'm a crossfit trainer as you mentioned and health and wellness guy i love working out i love being very careful about what i put in my body but i absolutely love food so i'm a foodie at heart I love great tasting food. And so trying to find that combination that would work. And so I do have experience in the food industry, but this came out organically, like many things do. Like I thought there could be a better way. So I was eating a lot of that, as I say, quote unquote, better for you foods, like the the popcorns that are supposed to be better for you and all that stuff. And it turns out there's really no nutrition in those products. The ingredients aren't really that healthy for you. And so I love ancient grains, being a big believer in what ancient grains are. They are grains that haven't been hybridized, modified, or altered for thousands of years. They're incredibly densely nutritious. And I wondered if we could pop them like popcorn. And so we threw them on the stove. We popped them. They made little tiny kernels. Kids loved them. I loved them. I started going to neighbors like Amber, and she loved them. And we realized we were onto something. And over a year and a half, I transitioned that little popped stove-based experience into the products that we have today, which are pop chips and puffs and i always say we are authentic simplistic and joyful food should be authentic and unfortunately today i'm sure you would agree and your audience would agree there's a lack of trust in the food industry and i see it through demos that we do where consumers turn around the bag they're investigating they're trying to understand they just don't trust food and so i really wanted to be simple with three really simple ingredients we have ancient grains, 100%. There's no fillers, there's no rice, no wheat, no corn, no other crap. We have cold pressed oil, 100% natural seasoning, and the taste is unbelievable. And oh, by the way, it's fun branding. Yeah,
1: super, super fun. I love that. So, did you always know that you wanted to start something? I mean, let's go back a little bit in your career. You you did work in food prior and finance, but did you think I would, you know, I go, I'll go out and I'll be a founder?
0: You know, I never thought I would start my own company. You know, when I started my career, I actually started my current investment banking at a big investment bank. And I thought I wanted to be a CEO of a big Fortune 100 company. And I realized over time that I love creating things. So I went to work for consumer packaged companies like General Mills and other companies like that. And I loved that we could create something that would be on shelf that was tangible. But, you know, I didn't really think I'd create this enterprise myself. I started going smaller and smaller, and started working for private equity groups that would hire me to go into food companies to be a CEO or a CMO or a COO, and I loved doing that. I was so able to help these small companies with their strategy, with their execution, but I never had a great idea. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'm great at going into other people's companies and trying <laughs> how to be better, but I didn't have a good idea. Yeah, and like yeah. I said, this kind of happened organically. Like went into the pantry. like, oh my God, there's a good idea here. And I was actually CEO of another small company at the time. And as an interim placement, they were looking to make me a full-time leader of the company. And I had this other idea. I said, you know what? This is the time. This is the right idea. I know what it takes and uh, where I thought I knew what it takes. And uh, I started my own company.
1: (laughs) Which is amazing. And it is a great idea. You know, so much that you were on Shark Tank, so let's talk a little bit about that experience. I love watching you sort of kicking in the door type energy, yep. um, but you got a great reaction. Now you didn't get a deal, but that's fine because the deal wouldn't, wouldn't have been good for you if you had taken what they were offering. But talk about that experience. I mean, you applied for it and and then you set up sort of the whole environment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I actually was very fortunate. I actually didn't apply for Shark Tank. Oh. I was oh, one wow. of the lucky few. I was at a food conference and i saw these women walking around and they were kind of staring at my booth i was featured you know we were doing a feature for kapop and i kind of noticed out of the corner of their shirt that there was an abc logo with a little shark tank kind of thing and in true my fashion form i just beelined it to them and talk about always having your elevator speech ready right i beelined it right to them i was like hey my name's dustin i run kapop and here's why i should be on shark tank and I don't really remember what I said after that. <laughs> People were like, whoa, that's awesome. And they even made a comment, which I'll explain why it's so uh, profound in a second. They're like, oh, Barbara Corcoran's going to love you. <laughs> and so they kind of discovered me. It was in March. We ended up filming in June. And so we were fast tracked because that's a really fast process. So, Shark Tank, there's about 40,000 applicants each year. They film only 120 and only 80 or so air. So it's, it's a really amazing opportunity. It's a super bowl commercial for small brands. It did so many great things for my company and others, but yeah, walking down, I can talk more about the experience, but the funny thing was this wasn't shown on air thinking of Barbara loving me. She actually asked me on a date while we were filming you <laughs> like, wear that cape. You can also go on a date. As that. you mentioned, their reaction was amazing. I turned down the deals, but Ultimately, it, it couldn't have gone better for the brand.
1: Right, right. And just the awareness, the mass awareness that, that and you talk about that, you know, sort of 40,000 to you being on air. That's pretty exciting. You're also on QVC, which I've actually never spoken to anyone on QVC before. What is that? I mean, I, I wouldn't picture you're the typical person on QVC. I know they focus a lot on um, the hands and, and then the product right. and the, the close-ups just from, from watching uh, Joy the movie. But what, what, what's that like? <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what, the experience on QVC is mind boggling, not so much for my experience, but what QVC really offers. And I am so thoroughly impressed by that organization. So we've actually been on three separate times at this point. Um, I called in twice because of COVID and one time we did it via Skype. Uh, so I had my video uh, experience with them, which was kind of fit my persona better than just doing a phone call. But you know, the interesting thing about it, in preparation for QVC, I started watching the show and really kind of engaging. And they do such a phenomenal job of selling. I literally bought a dusting broom just watching one. I was like, this is the <laughs> greatest thing ever. How did <laughs> like I buy one? And I mean, you get it. And you're like, what the hell was I thinking? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You get really bought into what they sell. And what's amazing is about every five to eight minutes, they go from one product to the next, right? And... I mean, they're doing $50,000, $100,000 in retail sales every five minutes. I mean, it's incredible. And having been on it, I've met people who are avid fans of QVC and watch it and engage in it, and their fans are truly rabid. And from a marketing perspective, I'll give them a lot of credit. They know who their target is. So when they're prepping you to be on the show, they talk about her, they, she has a name, she has a persona. Right. I mean, it's kind of classic marketing. I say classic marketing. Yeah. Exactly. They've done it down to a T where they really understand who's shopping on there, why they're shopping, what works for them. And I think if you play that well, it's great. And the funny thing was I had to try and morph my energy a bit differently. So, you know, my, as you guys can probably already tell, super passionate and engaged <laughs> type. And I had to kind of take that energy and maybe turn it on the head a little bit, go more the charming route. Sort of <laughs> but it was a great experience and I can't thank them enough for the opportunities they provided for our company as well. And, uh, but I will joke with you. I, there's a funny joke, an inside joke of my company. So we joke, we were on QVC, we were on Shark Tank. And I go, but we are on Rachel Ray. And the <laughs> funny joke there, which is actually cool, the week before we aired on Shark Tank the first time, the guest shark on my program, Rohan, was featured on Rachel Ray, and the entire intro clip they used for his feature was me on Shark Tank. That's awesome. And it was so cool, and the crazy <laughs> thing was, we had no idea, and all of a sudden, we get a phone call, and they're like, you're on Rachel Ray right now. <laughs> we, thankfully, they were on the East Coast, and we were able to catch up to it uh, yeah. by the time it aired here, and it was, uh, it was funny. So the funny joke is, we always joke that we were on Rachel Ray.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love how connected it is. You know, I think about like QVC, God, they are a marketing machine, but it's got to be the data too, right? Like the volumes of data that they know and understand the time of day, the people who orders, who leaves things in cart. And so it's pretty, pretty incredible machine over there. Absolutely. So the theme is relationships. Um, We talked about, you know, you have some incredible relationships, but I love the story about sort of this journey you took after you left Famous Brands.
0: Yeah. So I was with famous brands, which is uh, most people know them as Mrs. Fields and TCBY Frozen Yogurt. And I left it in in the summer, early in the summer after some restructuring. So I don't know if my, I shouldn't say I leave it as much as maybe forced to leave, but that's a separate story. And so, you know, I had the opportunity and the flexibility to really not be uh, anxious for a new job, but I knew that I wanted to get back into the natural health food world, which is where I'm passionate. And I knew I wanted to be a leader of a company at that point. But again, I had the flexibility. So I made it my job, quite literally, and approached it as such to network. And so I had a goal that every day I would meet with at least three people. And I would literally contact everyone. And what's amazing about where we live in the Boulder area is that everyone is so free and willing to give you time because i think it's a give back and now i do the same i'm always willing to meet with people as much as possible to help them out and so i started meeting with people and the key and this is something i coach people on the key is i never asked for anything i didn't go in looking for a job i didn't go in trying to get something from them i really was anxious just to learn about what they were doing their experiences but i did have one request and the one request was please introduce me to at least two new people. That was, it. That was, that yeah. was my only ask. And you know, everyone, for the most part, was very willing to do that. And so again, that started extrapolating. And I will tell you, eight, nine out of 10 meetings, in theory served no purpose towards the ultimate goal of having a new job, but this network has proven its return on investment tenfold. So ultimately that summer, I ended up getting a job at the end of the summer, completely unrelated to my networking, ironically. <laughs> But when I came back to start my own company and get back into the private uh, private equity world, this network I'd created just was blossomed. And so I try and really coach people who are younger to not wait until you need something to network mm-hmm. because that's what you typically find on LinkedIn, right? I need a job. I need the, I'm looking yeah, for I'm that. Yeah, selling
1: you something, right, yeah.
0: Selling or trying to get something or selling themselves and, and instead of just trying to like, hey, I'm really interested in what you're doing. Can we meet? And if you do that, you know, you may not get something from that network in a month or two months. It may turn out to be two years. However, I'll flip that on its head. Like my newest employee, Shannon, who can eavesdrop in the background as I tell this story.
1: <laughs> Love
0: that. You know, same thing. She was networking. She moved to Boulder. She networked and she reached out. Same thing. She didn't ask for a job. She didn't ask. She's like, hey, I just heard about your name. I heard you're doing really cool things. Can we meet? And so we met and I was like, wow, this woman's awesome. We need to find a role for you. And so those things happen. And uh, I always tell people to invest in that network and not do it when you just need. Be sure you maintain that over time. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. So I was years ago, we um, were in Utah with our family. We were in a hotel and there was a sample packet when you checked in. And I just thought that was the coolest concept. I was in event marketing and sampling and CPG. And I looked at, you know, flipped it over. I saw the company and I just wrote a note to the founder and just said, What a great idea. I'm not looking for anything. I I work at a different company, event marketing. And fast forward about five or six years later when I founded this company and one of my co-founders said, I need to introduce you to who might be our potential lead investor. It was this guy. So it's just amazing. Like you talk about it and I wanted nothing from him. I just, and he's like, I remember you. I said, I hand wrote you a note because I was just, you know, like so impressed with what you were doing and love the concept. But to your point, those relationships, they come back.
0: So two, two stories that I think are really relevant here. So I went to Kellogg Business School at Northwestern. And the Dean used to talk about a story that every time he got on a plane, he'd sit next to somebody and he'd talk to them for a few minutes. And that might be uncomfortable for people. And his goal was, hey, I get to know someone. And if it doesn't, if in the first five minutes, it doesn't go anywhere, fine. But I might learn something or meet someone new. And so I've taken that upon myself. I do it everywhere. And especially on planes. And so I'm flying back and this is how I started this company. This is a true story. I'm flying back from Minneapolis, uh, from a meeting with target, unrelated company to what I took a pop. And I started talking to this guy who's sitting next to me. And it turns out he's a really interesting guy. He's in the construction space. He did an investment in this tequila company. And by the end of the fight and I was talking to him like, I have this idea. I'm not sure if I should pursue it. And he's like, man, You need to pursue this idea. You're the right guy. You have to do this. Here's a check for $50,000. Go make it happen. And true to my first investor was a guy I met on a plane, just randomly talking to him. The amount of people and my wife always jokes that I've met on planes that have turned out to really pay off is insane. I mean, it's it's
1: insane
0: insane. plus. And even this is a story as of yesterday, brand new occasion, I, there was a company selling stuff online that I wanted to buy and I missed out on the promotion. So I wrote them and I was like, look, I run an online business. I totally get this as a (laughs) big, but so I'm really sorry, but can I get the promotion code if you're willing to do it? And they were like, absolutely. Oh, by the way, what company do you run? And I said, Kapop, here's a discount code. If you guys want to check it out, get an email from the private equity company that owns them. You guys like, I'm really enamored by what you're doing. I'm really impressed. Can we set up a meeting? So we talked yesterday, we had a half an hour meeting that ended up going well over an hour, super interesting guy, potentially maybe a big investor in my company in the future. So you just never know. And playing those things out is, uh, is a huge advocate. So I will say it's not necessarily for the timid or shy, but you, know, you just kind of have to get over it and always be selling <laughs>
1: <laughs> and building relationships in, in your past sort of three and a half, four years, you know, running, running this business. Is there somebody that stepped up that surprised you a relationship, a connection that, that helped you or something you were, uh, you know, unexpected is really what I'm thinking of.
0: I feel like this is an award speech because like, there's so many people, I don't want to forget anybody. <laughs> but There really are. I mean, dozens of people that have helped me. And in the caveat this, I will say there's people who I won't mention that have done incredible things for me, but th- there's a couple I would mention. I think one is, uh, there's a gentleman named Alan Murray. He's the, he was the CEO of Good Belly. He was a previous leader of Petra Pak North America, which is those boxed you know, juice format. And he's on the board of a lot of different companies. And many years ago, he took me under his wing for whatever reason, and so incredibly supportive, introduced me to so many influential people, helped me raise money, helped me get off the ground, and uh, remains to this day an advisor, a mentor, like an, another father, and uh, I absolutely love him to death. And so he's he's been incredible. You know, one of my best friends um, from kind of business school and my best man as well has been a huge influence on this company and helping me re- meet investors and support this company. And then the one that's kind of really surprising that came out of this is I'm a part of a group called Naturally Boulder, which is a big group of natural foods companies. And when COVID hit, um, a a gentleman named Dean, who's the CEO of a company, Hoplark, uh, which makes like hot teas, he decided to create this offshoot. He's like, hey, anyone interested, let's create a CEO forum. We'll meet once or twice, once or twice a month, Zoom, and we'll just talk. And this group has turned into a group of five or six CEOs, all founders. And we are so tight now. We meet every Monday. We've done a couple of day sessions and the commiseration, the relationships, the support we give each other has been uh, just unexpected and incredibly powerful for me personally. And uh, I absolutely love it.
1: That's amazing. And I think that's something a good reminder for all the listeners that you can ask for help in, in the most interesting ways. Like, like all those CEOs are all, all needing advice or recommendations at some point or some time in, in their day, their week, their year, and you have each other. And I think that's a really good reminder um, that it's okay to ask for help also.
0: <laughs> it, it's hard. I mean, my personality, I am absolutely the type of personality who does not like to ask for help, right? Me too. <laughs> and and uh, so it's it's great when you have a group of people that you can rely on and trust and provide that guidance and support. And so, yeah, I, uh, I love those guys and uh, I'm very thankful for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's talk relationships, family. Your wife was an amazing, very successful marketer. I ran into someone completely random at a garage sale fundraiser, praising your wife. <laughs> Hopefully she can, can hear me. But um, at what point did she decide to make the leap? Was it always a plan for her to be your CMO? I mean, I think you're you're blessed to have her as a CMO, but yes. was that always the plan?
0: You cannot get that type of CMO for the little penance I'm paying her. But, <laughs> you know, Yes and no. So Christina and I have a very unique relationship. You know, every relationship's different. We tend to thrive on being together and doing more together and, and struggle when we do things apart. And to give you an idea, last year I traveled 120,000 miles domestic, you know, all over the country the year before I did that. And so one of the blessings of COVID for me has been spending a lot more time with my family and not traveling. But Christina and I have always done really well together. We worked at General Mills together. That's actually where we met. Um, but we worked on separate ba- brands. When you start working on separate things and you're both full time professionals, you start losing touch, right? And that interconnectivity. And I always joke, like, she's great about asking, you know, tell me about your day. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. It's over. (laughs) So having that connection with each other where you really know what each other is up to and working on this phenomenal. So we always had this dream of working together. But the joke we always made is she was the bond and I was the stock. I always took the risks and she was the security blanket, right? Good career, health insurance and we just got to a pivot point last year where we raised some money we felt like we got some good key accounts and it was like why not and christina's so fortunate to be so good you know worst case scenario i'm sure deno would take her back in a heartbeat (laughs) but um she's she's a rock star marketer we're very lucky to have her and um yeah it's incredible and it's great to be together with our kids and uh, it's a family business my son who's eight years old when you ask him what he wants to be when he grows up he says uh, CEO of Kapop. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, while I hope God for His His sake that I am no longer the CEO of Kapop at that <laughs> time, uh, it, it's a, it's awesome to be a family enterprise.
1: Yeah, it is nice to support the you know of the the relationships because when you, at the end of the day you need that support and that strong support system. Interested in building a home for your audience? Our Vesta solution powers online communities, giving your consumers a home for a world of engagement and connections. To learn more, visit us at Vesta-Go.com. So if you were to tell yourself, you know, 20 years ago, what what advice, and you said, oh, I'm going to start a, a natural food company. What advice would you give yourself? I mean, you're, you're a professor. What do you tell your students? I mean, what's the, like, how do you sum up what it is that you've done? The real
0: answer or the, yeah. joking, the <laughs> joking answer? Don't do it. No, the, uh, <laughs> the real answer, and I do teach this. You know, very few people take me up on this. And in fact, I'm an advisor to a few different small companies. And I literally was having this conversation this morning with one of the companies and I go on the soapbox quite often, I think the absolute most critical skill you can have in business, regardless if it's food, marketing, you're an agency, is financial wherewithal. You know, I was very fortunate to start my career in finance. so I really got that upbringing. And it's been a huge differentiator in my career. The ability to run a business analytically through understanding the numbers, forecasting, Seeing the data and the insights behind the data and really understanding how to put that story together is huge. As an entrepreneur, though, you have to run your company through a PL and l mindset and a cash flow mindset. And if you can't do that, you're going to get yourself into trouble. And so if you look at our financial model, I run my business through that model. It doesn't mean we don't do amazing marketing and advertising, but you can't do that stuff unless you understand the risk you're putting into place, the investment you're trying to get return on. And so does your business model support the growth that you have planned? The other question people always ask, like, how much money should I raise? Well, if you don't have a financial model to understand your growth dynamics, how do you answer that question? And uh, it's actually one of the reasons I think we've been very successful in raising money is because I can be very thorough in my explanations to investors, help them understand how we built in risk, help them understand the scenario analysis of our business. You know, even, even now I was telling the story about being up till 1 a.m. last night and early this morning, it was run, running through a huge business opportunity from a financial mindset. And, uh, you know, it's absolutely critical. So I really preach that, you know, I think my students at CU don't always appreciate that mindset. And I think other entrepreneurs don't like to hear it because it's it's not easy, but I think it's absolutely critical. Yeah. And I tell
1: you, you know, when we sold our company the first time, um, which was about six years ago, it was, you know, we focused on being cash flow positive. We turned down money all the time and it made it so much easier when I went to go sell it. Um, And we knew exactly how much money, how much gas to put in to scale at what level. And I think you're so right. It's just such a good reminder that you have to understand the financials and, um, It's so important if you're going to grow. So I love that, that reminder for everybody listening in. (laughs) Really, really important. So we are coming to the end. I know you've had a long day and night. Uh, Do you have, you know, a story, a final thought, a comment? It's a happy marketer connection. I do. You've told lots of positive stories. So if you don't, I get it. But is there a a story you want to end with here?
0: There's two things I might end with. You got to have fun with it, right? There is the one thing I always say to uh, up-and-coming entrepreneurs is this is a grind it's a battle and when i joke about don't doing it i'm not literally saying it but you have to really understand and i did not how many times you're going to get chopped out at the knees i call it the daily two by four every day you're going to get smacked in the face at least once with a two by four and you know you may have a great product and you may be very smart but if you can't keep getting back up and ultimately having incredible people around you. You know, I tell stories about how there were times, quite literally, I was on my knees, like in tears, like I cannot do this anymore. I cannot. And, and by the way, things were going well. <laughs> and I always like that. And to have amazing people like my first employee, Haley and Christina and others around me to, to pick me back up and keep me going is, is absolutely huge. So again, it's kind of asking for help and, and being humbled by that, but keep getting back up. And fighting and uh don't be afraid to to leverage your network. We all need help. And one thing I will say, my recommendation is stay off LinkedIn because it's like true business FOMO. <laughs> LinkedIn's amazing to make connections. Don't get me wrong. But it's like the Facebook of business. Everyone's like, look how amazing I am. And we do that too, right? And so you can look at those things and, and get anxious, fight your battle, do what's best for your company, and uh you know, keep running hard and you'll get somewhere.
1: Yeah, I always said when I told you this, that I am so glad I did not know. Like that someone didn't put my job description in front of me when I started this. I mean, it'd be like 20 pages long because it's, you right. I mean, it's the, the constant. And I say to the team and in, in interviews, you know, this is a marathon. Are you ready for a marathon? This is not a sprint. Um, and that's why you have to be passionate in the team around you because, right, you're not going to force anyone to stay up to one. They're doing it because they want to be part of the success um, so, I, I definitely can appreciate that. So, now we want to sell K-pop snacks. How do people find you? <laughs> yes, I would way? love for
0: everyone to buy K-pop snacks. So, you can find us on KapopSnacks.com, K A P O P Snacks.com. And any of your audience can use my personal code, TOPKAPOP, so T O P K A P O P, for I think it's a 15 or 20% discount uh, on our website. You can also find us on Amazon. We love five star reviews. You know, one of the things I say, and I'm big on customer service, is we have 100% guarantee. So if your experience isn't amazing, I personally will make it better, do whatever I need to do to make it better. Um, and you can always reach out to me. Your audience is happy to connect with us. You can email me directly, or we're a small team, orders at kapopsnacks.com. It will get to me, and I would love you guys to try it. We have amazing products, and I guarantee you will love them.
1: I love it. I love it. I just put an order in. You probably already saw the case, the case this morning. Thank you. Um, I do you love, love your it. snacks? And the kids <laughs> love it too, which is because they taste good. That's the best part about it. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Dustin. I will let you go back to uh, the marathon and the grind that is building a very successful business. So thank you so much for your time today. It was
0: awesome. So much fun. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Dustin, for your time today. And I really do encourage all of our listeners to check out Kapop Snacks. Certainly you can check out clips from his episode on Shark Tank, which are fun to watch. Appreciate uh, your time today, Dustin, and of course your passion for what you're doing. And can't wait to see all of your success in the, in the months and years to come. So to hear more stories from other happy marketers, be sure to subscribe to the Happy Marketer Connection podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Don't forget to rate us. And to learn more about community building, our Vesta Solutions delivers community-powered marketing to elevate your digital presence, deliver those predictive insights, and really transform your consumers into lasting brand advocates. And I welcome you to connect with me directly on either LinkedIn or Twitter at Sue Freck or to find us at Vesta-Go.com. Thank you.